Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yep. It's an error occurred. Wait a minute. It says, wait a moment and try it again. It says we're so. live. For me, it says we're live. Oh, Okay. <laughs> let me see. Let me go into okay, now. It's saying, I think we're live. Yeah, we're, we're live. live. <laughs> let us know in the chat. Guys. <laughs> I know. Welcome, everyone, to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Raj Geary here with Issa and Matt Kuhn. Uh, Matt, Matt uh, was a guest in the past and, and is back joining us tonight. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Things have changed a lot since the last time I joined you. And I, I told you they might, but I always appreciate you. I always appreciate Wrestling Inc. And it is great to meet you, Issa. And so Issa, good to meet you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Issa, two nights in a row. We, we hadn't done a podcast in months. And now yeah, here we are, two days I know, in a row. I know. I know you missed me, boss. It's all good. I did. <laughs> I did absolutely. So awesome seeing you again. Thank, thanks for joining us. And yeah, Matt, uh, fresh off of, he had an outstanding podcast with Dax Harwood. Um, really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see what you're doing next as well. Well, thanks. Yeah, we're doing Wrestling Friends now, and I believe the announcement we're going to make is that you're going to be the next guest on there, so I'm looking forward to seeing you. Drops That's every right. Wednesday. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. And what a weekend it's been uh, for pro wrestling. I, I thought, uh, you know, I thought WWE had a really strong show yesterday um, with Night of Champions. NXT, I thought they did one of their best shows in a long time. AEW, I thought they had an entertaining show. Um, it, I didn't think it was one of their best, <laughs> but uh, it was. I thought it, overall it was it was fun to watch. We'll we'll take a we'll do NXT pretty quickly and then take a deeper dive into AEW. But really quick, um, real quick to you, Isa, your thoughts on on tonight. I always tell people don't sleep on NXT. NXT has been putting on incredible shows, especially these PLEs, all of them. And getting them out of the performance center is always such mm -hmm. a refreshing view. So I always enjoy NXT, obviously. I mean, I cover it here every Tuesday. So um, as far as AEW goes, listen, I, I, I kind of talked about it on the Wednesday night podcast. It, it was a two-match show, but my God, did those matches deliver. And there was a couple of moments, even prior to the two main events that I really enjoyed. Not my favorite double or nothing, but there was a lot of really good stuff here. Matt? Uh, yeah, I think with the NXT, I ran into the same problem that NXT is running into, which is competing with All Elite Wrestling. I had All Elite Wrestling on one television, had NXT on the other, and I was drawn to All Elite Wrestling. And I think that's kind of indicative of the problem that's happened the whole time. As far as the pay-per-view for All Elite Wrestling, double or nothing, my least favorite double or nothing. Uh, the last two matches almost saved the show, but I think it had some issues, uh, a lot of issues. Yeah, I felt like it was my least, uh, maybe second least favorite AEW pay-per-view. There was the one uh, revolution with the, obviously the botch with the, the bomb. <laughs> right. And, uh, but, oh God, you know, but the match before the botch was so good. I will, the I will three die hours, on that hill. I will the die three on that hours, hill. Okay. The three hours before that botch were fantastic. <laughs> 
I agree with you. But, you know, sometimes you watch a really great movie and then the ending can just ruin it. And you, if you, you ruin the ending, that kind of kills the whole thing. And I, I felt like that happened with Revolution, even though I thought it, Omega versus uh, Moxley, that match was fantastic before. But anyway, we don't need to <laughs> re recreate that one. But anyway, I thought this was one of their weaker pay-per-views. And going in, it felt like uh, the buzz wasn't there like other shows. This one wasn't sold out. Um, last year's, you know, uh, sold out pretty quickly. I think it's time for them to move out of Vegas. Uh, but overall, uh, we'll get into it. But let's start off with NXT. NXT was one of their best shows that I can remember. I was watching both at the same time. That could be tough. So I, I definitely, I missed the end of Carmelo Hayes versus Braun Breaker. I missed a fantastic spot with the spear. Oh, uh, that, that spear was lethal, man. Braun is just <laughs> moving up in the best spears in the game right now. Yeah. So the show started off with Wesley defeating Joe Gacy. Um, Issa, I'll go to you. What did you think? And you forgot Tyler Bate. Don't leave my boy Tyler Bate out of that match. It was a triple threat. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyler no, Bate. Uh, has incredible legs. I missed the first match, though, um, as you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. Uh, I thought this was, it was a fun match, predictable, but I, I will say this is one that I really couldn't, you know, going in the struggle trying to watch both shows, I felt like I knew what was going to happen, and this story didn't really have a lot of substance to it, so I was like, okay, Wesley's going to win here. But watching Tyler Bate, makes you wonder why he didn't get drafted honestly like i can see him doing so many awesome things on the main roster right now um but overall wesley is doing such a good job as north american champion and he keeps putting on these banger matches every every ple so i was happy yeah uh matt any thoughts or yeah it was really tough for this match to compete with watching with the battle royal at the same time you know mm -hmm. it was really tough because you really had to pay attention to the nxt match because these guys were killing it the whole time doing very intricate very synchronized, very well done moments, but I was just seeing like forty five wrestlers in the ring at, at AEW, so it was tough. Yeah, that was that was the problem. That in my opinion was at the beginning. I was having a easier time watching NXT because I was like, I'm not gonna get into this battle royal until we're down to four or five. Like I don't have that much attention span. I'm sorry, but man, once we got down to Orange Cassidy. And freaking swerve, you weren't gonna watch anything else. They freaking they they put on a classic mini match within a match. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it and my age. I felt like really showed tonight. Like watching both <laughs> at the same time. I'm just like you know, I was exhausted. <laughs> Try watching both at the same time while doing a watch along. Yeah, and while tweeting, and my dog is constantly. Oh, asking, I, I had, I had a chat of people trying to like pay attention to the chat both shows. I was like, "This is I'm getting too old for this." Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I kind of pride myself on my ADHD, and even that didn't help me. <laughs> it was a rough one, but good problems to have. Champagne problems for sure. Uh, after that, this was the first match that I actually got to see. It was Noam Dar defeating Dragon Lee to retain the NXT Heritage Cup. I I thought this was just awesome. I and mean, you knew it going in, Noam Dar and Dragon Lee. Um it, it just back and forth at the end, uh Dar delivering his finisher, hitting Dragon Lee to win the match. Um again, Isa, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I hate to be the person that does the man, they haven't done anything with Dragon Lee, but man, they haven't done anything with Dragon Lee. <laughs> They're putting him on some great matches and he's he's delivering. 
Uh, I'm still not too familiar with the Heritage Cup, and I do think that NXT did a, a pretty decent job of explaining what it is and how it has to be defended. A lot of rules, and maybe it's because I was trying to watch two things at once, but it was hard to keep track of, of mm -hmm. what was going on and what round and this and that, but... From what I did see, the action between the two of them was incredible. I'm very happy for Do Noam Dar. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I'm with you with Dragon Lee. Like, he was someone I was very excited about coming to NXT. And then I see this very specialized match with rounds. I don't really follow NXT anymore. I was a huge uh, NXT Black and Yellow fan. So I'm like, all right. It wasn't hard to draw my eye to Dragon Lee match, but this uh, convoluted match concept didn't draw me in as someone who doesn't watch NXT a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah, the the rounds thing is is I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that. But Well, I'm I'm I, not in favor of things that have never worked ever, you know? So, I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and say maybe a bad idea. Right. Um sorry, Isa, you froze up there. You know, it's not a it's I'm not on the podcast if I don't freeze at least once, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh up next uh, it, uh, Dragunov defeated Dijak in the last man standing match. Oh my God, this was just, just brutal. These guys were just destroying each other and brutal. I mean, in a violent sense, not in a uh, quality sense. This was, uh, maybe match of the night. I don't know. It, it was definitely up there, but these guys just beat the living hell out of each other. Um, at the end of, uh, at the end of the match, Dragunov had leaped off the stairs with the flying forearm, hit Dijak, sandwiched Dijak into a chair uh, Dijak could not answer the 10 count and Dragunov was the last man standing again this was one of those you you have to see it, it, with just how uh, how physical this match was uh, again back to you Isa I'll go to you first on this I thought I thought Dragunov was done on the beginning when they when they show him briefly and he was like busted open he looked so bad I thought it was over for him and the fact that he kept going uh, yeah this was definitely match of the we can, I will say, uh, it's up there, right? It's in the candidates. I had to go back and watch it. There was a lot of really good wrestling this weekend, so I don't want to give that <laughs> crown out quite yet. But as far as NXT Battleground, if you just want to go in and watch one match, this is the match that I will tell you to go watch. Had crazy spots. And they, they built it to be a violent, like, I don't know if you guys watched the build-up for it, but they were, like, torturing each other, basically, throughout, you know, the build-up to this match. So... They couldn't do less than what they had already showed us during the weekly television. So I thought they over-delivered here. Dragunov, man, he's so good. I wish they would mention that he beat Gunter more. They don't. <laughs> and it drives me crazy. <laughs> but yeah, this was this was a blast. It was a ride for sure. Yeah. Matt? Yeah, this was the match when I decided I couldn't watch both at the same time. Because <laughs> uh, I love Dragunov. I think he's great. And uh, Dijak, always loved Dijak. And I could tell they were bringing it, and I'm like, I cannot, I cannot do it because I'm going to go back and watch this match, and this is a match I would have watched anyway just for the matchup. Mm -hmm. Do they still make TVs with picture-in-picture? -picture? I don't think they do. Because I remember, remember back in the day, Monday Night Wars, I had that. Feature. That was the yeah. best feature. You could watch, like, you could put a dual or four, like, mm -hmm. yeah, but that's also when the TVs... Nitro. Yeah, they weigh like 800 pounds and they had the big... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like lived in the 22nd century right there. When you had yeah. the picture in picture and yeah. you could switch back and forth, you could be like, mm -hmm. boom, and you could switch mm -hmm. them. Oh, it was the best. But uh, iPad does not Tony. iPad does not do the same thing for me. Yeah, it's it's not quite the same. And so this was the match where, because I have, I have AEW, I had the pay-per-view on my big screen and then NXT on my uh, iPad. And I was like, ah, I should switch, but... 
one's a pay-per-view. I have to go through the whole BR thing. I didn't know if it worked, so I, I kept it as is. Anyway, but uh, champagne problems again. But a tremendous match. If you're going to watch anything from this show, definitely check that out. Uh, up next, uh, NXT Tag Team Champions Gallus defeated the Creed Brothers to retain the titles. Uh, at the end, Julius was distracted by Niall being ambushed at ringside and fell prey to Gallus. And Mark Coffey uh, pinned Julius Creed to win the match. So, uh, Matt, I'll, I'll go to you this time. Uh, what would you think? I'm going to pass. Didn't watch it. Sorry. <laughs> Isa, this is why I keep going to Isa first. <laughs> I watched it, but I got to tell you something. I'm not very invested in either one of these tag teams. There's just, I don't know, man. And I think Gallus is very good, right? But their their whole gimmick is like, we're big boys that like to fight and drink. And it's like, okay, so do I. You know what I mean? Like, there's <laughs> that doesn't, doesn't catch my attention. I think the Kree brothers have improved tremendously but going from pretty deadly who can wrestle and are like the kings of charisma <laughs> to this <laughs> it just felt like a little bit of a downgrade so i'm having a hard time becoming emotionally invested in the nxt tag team division at the moment remember we had new day then pretty deadly then gallus while they're really good in the ring i just don't feel like they have all the charisma that we were getting uh i was very invested into um, Ava Rain and, and Ivy Nile. I think they're building something for them. We still haven't seen her wrestle a one-on-one -on -one match on TV or PLE. So I was super excited to see them set up that program there. But um, yeah, I wasn't shocked that Gallus retained here. I don't think the Creep brothers are there yet. I, I want to ask you this. Do you think, because I got to admit, when I sold Wrestling Inc. last year, I thought I was probably going to be completely done with wrestling uh, after. So I cut some shows out. Sure, I cut Raj. out Rampage. Sure, I cut out, I did. I cut out NXT. I cut out Rampage. I haven't been watching NXT as much. I'll, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll put it on here and there. So uh, I have, I, I've been trying to get back up to speed the last few weeks, but do you see uh, Gallus or the Creed brothers? Do they have the, the personalities? Do you think that I can make it on the main roster? I think they need to work on that because, I mean, they put on a great match tonight, but I'm not invested into what whatever their gimmick is, right? And I do think that with the Creed brothers, while they have improved, um, it, they started as Diamond Mine. And that whole thing got weird with Roderick Strong kind of leaving and they never, like, brought it up, you know, and you don't know if this, mm -hmm. this faction still together, still not together. So they're being a little bit all over the place in the story that they're telling you with them. Now it has been fun to watch them develop. Mm -hmm. But are they there right now? Mm -hmm. No, I think they would just get lost in the shuffle if you were to call them up right now. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Matt, do you have any further thoughts on that? I have nothing to add until we talk about all league wrestling. I'm sorry, audience. I'm good at this, but <laughs> I didn't watch it. It was too much. I'm old, and I can't do that all much. Right. I'm sorry. We respect I'm, you, audience. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go to you for any more NXT questions. <laughs> All right, so uh, we next up we had Tiffany Stratton uh, defeating, ah. defeating uh, Lyra Valkyra? Valkyria, yeah. Valkyria. <laughs> to win the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Tiffany yes. Stratton, I think, yes. is a, a sure yes. thing. Yeah. Um, she's a, she's going to be a superstar. You know, when I when I look at this show, her, uh, Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, those those three are as close to can't miss, in my opinion, as you can get. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tiffany Stratton winning here. Obviously, she's still green, but uh, the match, I thought, you know, watching it, it was fine. It wasn't, obviously, it's not going to be like some of the others, but I thought it was still, for for people that are still coming up and everything, I thought she looked, she looked really good, and she's progressing, I feel like, every week. So I thought this was 
this was a, a good showcase. Uh, you said uh, yeah, I'm so excited. I, I, I am here for Tiffany Strand. I'm here for Tiffany Epiphanies. I love her character. She has the it factor, uses it. And mm -hmm. I think she is improving in the ring. That moonsault that she hits is beautiful. She's so athletic. And I can see her being somebody that gets better in the ring while she holds the championship. I think she has what it takes to be able to have the championship while getting better. Um, I was super excited that she won. I, 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 I've been telling people that I thought she was going to win and, and they didn't want to believe me. And I'm like, I just didn't see it. I mean, maybe Roxanne, Cora Jade, there was some really good contenders. NXT always has a great women's division. Mm -hmm. But I did think it was Tiffany's time. And I can't wait to see how much she improves and what she does with the title. And I hope they don't rush her because she has the charisma and everything. Mm -hmm. So I could see them wanting to bring her up quickly. But I don't I, think I so. Like... And, and she even mentioned on an interview on Busted mm -hmm. Open Radio that she's not ready to be called up, which respect. When they were talking mm -hmm. to her about the draft, she was like, well, I hope I don't get called up. I'm not ready for that yet. And I don't think she is. <laughs> but I do think she could be the face of the women's division for a little bit. And I think she'll That's... play a great heel. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, Kelvin R. R. Alexander with the $5 Super Chat saying pleasantly surprised to see lash and jackra interfere in that match earlier Me too. yeah with nomdar yeah it yeah. was great yeah sorry sorry i missed that earlier calvin but for sure and then uh stephen marchichuli saying stratton has the potential to reach charlotte flair level i 100 percent agree yeah yeah they, there's the it factor you can't teach and there are some people that have it some people that don't i know a lot of people get annoyed with all the CM Punk stories, but he has it. People care, you know? Mm -hmm. And so right. it's just one of those things you can't teach. He's got it. And, and I feel like she has that intangible charisma that that's impossible to teach. She and, does. And tangible. <laughs> what did I say? I said, and tangible as well. Not just oh, tangible. Right. Right. Yeah. All kinds of charisma. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then finally in the main event, NXT champion, Carmelo Hayes with trick Williams defeated Braun breaker to retain his title. Again, this was on at the same time uh, as I, I think this was on at the same time as the MJF match, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it was awesome stuff. This this match was great. Missed the spear at the end. I hate myself for missing it. I'm going to watch it later. But uh, Braun Breaker, uh, it, I, just coming out, he came out with that mask. Uh, the entrance, everything. To me, I just got Brock Lesnar vibes when he came out. He just looked oh, that imposing. On, Raj, you need to relax. Brock Lesnar, two thousand three <laughs> vibes. <laughs> but uh, you know, like that that imposing, huge dude that could just destroy everybody. Uh, I know. Look, I love Brock Lesnar, but I, I thought I thought he had that kind of that kind of aura tonight. But I, apparently, you didn't think so. No, no, no. I like him. And I like him as a heel. I was very bored with Braun Breaker prior to the heel turn. Mm. I will tell you that it was very genetic. Um, and they gave him new life. The only thing that I do have to nitpick is that he went all over NXT television saying he didn't want the championship again. So going into this match, he's like, why are you in, why are you in this match right now? You know, but mm. it's a great showcase for Carmelo Hayes here because he has been destroying Carmelo Hayes. So I'm glad that mm. Melo got the win here. I really love Melo and Trick together. Um, I think they look, they have the if factor who were just talking about it. Uh, I'm here for Braun Breaker just spearing people out of their souls. Um, mm. And I, I can see 
see him being called up soon. I, I'm surprised he didn't get drafted. I'm very surprised he didn't get drafted. I think Braun as a heel could go up right now. But look, the 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 mask, the entrance that he did tonight, that was an added thing. So maybe he's still working on perfecting what he wants to do before he comes out. Overall, fun match. We've seen it before, though, but it was a fun match. And and I want to see how we keep going with Braun Breaker without him being in the title picture. Because if he's just here to be mean and he doesn't want to be champion, then put him in those kind of stories and let Carmelo defend against, you know, opponents. And it, it seems to me, as far as Braun Breaker goes, that plans may have changed, you know, because saying, I don't want to be involved in the title picture anymore. And 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 also, all indications he's going to be brought up, you know, around Mania time. So it seems like maybe they changed their mind and they're trying to kind of revisit or recreate some kind of storyline around him. Well, and, and losing twice now to Carmelo, it, it seems like where where do you go with him from here? So I would think the main roster, that's the next. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, the next step is the main roster. I mean, it definitely was talked about. I even heard about it uh, firsthand that right. uh, he was one of the names that was you know mentioned to go up. So um, it, it makes sense to me. Uh, Neo Dre saying, I think he's more comparable to Goldberg. Agreed. I, I, I've heard a lot of people. He's not agree. really as tall as either one of those guys, though. That's why. I kind of hesitate at yeah. that, you know. When he gets up to the main roster, he's not going to, like, next to a Drew McIntyre, he is not going to look like this big guy. So they need to figure out what that character is. And whether it's like a bulldog like his dad, which is probably the best move or something else, it's probably not going to be giant dominating guy because sometimes these guys come up and they look shorter than you think. Well, Scott Steiner was never really the tallest. I mean, he was thick as hell, but, but he was able to, uh, with his, especially when he changed his look, when he had that steel mesh on his head and, and, and the blonde look and everything, he, he was able to make himself look bigger. Uh, I mean, granted, he was gigantic anyway, but uh, the he height was, the was size never of an issue. House, for him. Raj. He was, he was, <laughs> he was gigantic, yeah. Still is. <laughs> Uh, Tim Mickle saying Breaker should stop barking. Uh, <laughs> well, he's got Rock. that dog in him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cleveland Rock saying oh, Breaker's way more interesting as he'll agree 100%. Yeah. It is amazing what a heel turn can do for a career. And then uh, Kelvin R. Alexander with a $10 super chat. Thank you, Kelvin. I'm worried for Tiffany's reign because all the cool baby faces are out due to injury. They have some talent, but it's not dynamic like Sal Sal Ruka or Nikita Lyons. Yeah, I can see, I can see the point. But this range just started, so I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna see where it goes. They do have a couple of baby faces that she can go against. Um, let's let's give it some time. Mm-hmm. It just started. All right, and then so overall NXT Battleground um, solid, solid. Sol- show. Really good show. I'm going to rewatch it tomorrow because I did have it on the iPad and uh, so I didn't get the full experience. So it's Succession NXT, but uh, from watching it without most of the sound and everything, it was it was pretty fantastic. So mm-hmm. definitely check it out. And, and seriously, I thought in many ways it was the it, I could see the argument that it was the show of the weekend. And, uh, you know, again, which is the, sound the usual show. place of the NXT PLEs, you know, mm-hmm. But against AEW, that's pretty tough because AEW pay-per-views usually are kind of like the gold standard. So, um, so yeah. So and and with that, AEW double or nothing from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, returning there. The 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 Fourth ticket time? sales. What's that? Fourth time, right? Yeah. 
don't think the way. Well, well, the one year, the pandemic yeah. year, yeah, it was Daly's place. But yeah, well, four, four, double or nothing. Third one in, in Vegas, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Vegas, first ever AEW pay per view, uh, double or nothing. So <laughs> in some ways, it's kind of like their WrestleMania, but the ticket sales for this were not near as impressive as double or nothings in the past. What would you attribute that to? I'm going to go to you, you first, Matt. Like it, it was kind of stuck at 6,000 for a while. Clearly they were able to move tickets, whether it was comps or, or whatnot, but you know, it was, it was pretty full. You could see there were some pictures out there with the camera shots where you had the, the hard cam side of the arena where you had a couple big sections that were, uh, empty, but outside of that, the rest of the building was full. Um, it's probably around, you know, uh, I, th- I think the number I saw was 10,000. I don't know if it quite looked like that, but um, definitely not the sellout that they've had in years past. Well, definitely. As someone who attended the first double or nothing, uh, and, and it was amazing, you know, and as you know, Vegas is a flying, is a flying uh, destination. Like, they they don't they're not going to bring enough wrestling AEW fans in to fill the place up. So you're flying in, and when I've gone to all elite wrestling events, and I've went to the first double or nothing, first all in, uh, all out, first full gear, the crowd is amazing. They'll fly anywhere to go see it. So for that to live up to it, you can't just rely on the brand name. Whether the brand name's all elite wrestling, whether the brand name's double or nothing, you have to rely on the booking, the compelling. What would compel someone to buy a ticket? To fly to this event, that's the question you have to ask yourself, and it's got to be a lot. Stuff's expensive. WrestleMania is expensive. Double or nothing expensive. You got to bring it. And the fact of the matter is, there just wasn't enough compelling matches on there through booking to make people want to come in to a place that, unlike L.A., unlike Chicago, unlike New York, unlike some places in Florida, would draw a big crowd and sell it out no matter what because it was double or nothing. Mm-hmm. Issa, what do you think? Yeah, I think this was the weakest card of all of the double or nothing. And I'm and I'm there including the one during the pandemic. Um, there was not a lot of hype. And when you think about it, the 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 original ticket sales, like you mentioned, it was sitting at six thousand is before they started announcing match matches. These are the defaults. We're gonna go, we're hardcore, I'm in Vegas, I'm gonna go. Once they started well, the lack of announcement too, they didn't start announcing matches until like Two weeks, like people need time to travel to these things. It's you Vegas. Gotta, you got to plan out the flights. Yeah, you know? it's They're Vegas. Expensive. It's a holiday weekend, and it's not. They never establish like AEW hasn't done anything to establish. Like I know you just said, it, it's the WrestleMania. Some people say All In is the WrestleMania. You don't know what the WrestleMania is. WrestleMania does have a brand name that you're gonna buy your stuff and go, mm-hmm. no matter what's announced. Double or nothing is not there yet. So I, I will say, I mean, I, I, you know, I do watch alongs. I cover. AW here every Wednesday. And two weeks ago, we had one match made. One. Yeah, I'm not going to fly out there for that. Yeah. And, and flights get expensive. And flights are more expensive than they were a couple of years ago, too. Flights have gone through the roof, so you're going to have to make uh, choices. And like you said, they AEW needs to change this right away. The idea that you can just name an event and not announce matches in time for people to fly there if you're going to fly there because they have such a heavy flying audience. They need to just not rely on the brand name of All Out or the brand name of Double or Nothing. They need to give us uh, reasons to go. And you know what else? The holiday weekend hurts, right? Sometimes I'm like, I get why they're doing it and it's the staples, but I wish they did it a weekend before or a weekend after because it really does change just by hundreds um, how much it costs. And... 
if you're a hardcore fan, I'm going to be honest with you. I travel to cover it, whether it's a press. I have gone to some of this just as me, just as a fan. And right. every once in a while, I will even say, man, I want to go to New City. Stop going to the same places, AW. Stop going to the same places, WWE. And a lot of times, it's like when I sit here and I'm like, I just went to LA. I was here at Backlash. Do I want to go to Vegas again for double or nothing? I don't. I'm going to watch this one from home. And, and it's because it's in Vegas again. Um, they, they, you know, there's a lot of factors going into it. Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't even think about that. I wasn't even slightly tempted to fly out. And I, I, lo- I love to fly out to wrestling events. Uh, I wasn't even slightly tempted to do that. And I didn't think about it. Just like, well, I'm not going to do that. But I'm telling you, if it was a killer card that was announced ahead of time, right? And it, there was Be- excitement, I would have been there. We would have been because there. Because Vegas yeah. is fun. Vegas is fun. You don't have to sell me on Vegas. I'm no, there, okay? Exactly, so, exactly. so yeah, that's the thing. I felt myself saying, well, the last time I was in Vegas was for wrestling. I don't know what this card is going to look like. I'd rather go back for a non-wrestling thing. I'd rather make it a vacation. So I'll, I'll, I'll watch this one from home. And last but not least, there was a lot of wrestling this weekend. A lot and, of freaking wrestling this weekend. So And Ali <laughs> Wrestling has been kind of pushing it with the Vegas thing. You know, StarCast, which I was involved with in Vegas, was tough. It was the toughest situation uh, for people for it to be a profitable thing, right? Out of all the things, but it, it ended up okay because there was so much excitement. You're pushing it by using Vegas. You're pushing it. You got to be special, special, special. There's such a lower bar for other other cities to do these events in. Yeah, and I, and I feel like uh, the one thing I thought that that was smart this year with the way they planned it is that at least they did it on a night where. It, they wouldn't potentially go off against the uh, go against the NBA playoffs or the you know the finals, the Eastern uh, Conference Championship Finals, where last yeah, but year they, they still did. sold fourteen thousand tickets last year going against it. You know, right, just succession that's... and Barry, you know. <laughs> right, right, yeah. it, there's no no right weekend, but uh, I remember last year I I kind of made fun of Tony because he 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 gave a little shade. He threw a little shade at uh, WWE yeah. for going oh, against the that. UFC pay-per-view yeah. and I, I said something and Tony got a little hot about it but uh but yeah, yeah I, boy, it, last year they went against a lot of things and they still sold over 14,000 tickets that wasn't the case that arena was packed that wasn't the case this year so Tony gets a little sensitive he does he does uh, I love Tony though he, he I, I like that he cares I do too. about your feedback I do too yeah uh, Loud Marlins fan with the 4.99 super chat saying, "I'm paying 4.99 for Isa to say hi to me. That is all. Love all your work, especially Matt and his podcast weekly now." Hello, Loud Marlins fan. Thank you. <laughs> Why, hello. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. You the man. All right. So AEW uh, Double or Nothing opened with the Hardys and Hook against Ethan Page and the Guns. This was on the pre-show. Oh, I didn't watch uh, that. <laughs> Oh, you did. <laughs> I got lots to say. It's fine. I'll put okay. a, I'll pull a Matt right now. You guys are on this one. <laughs> or you can pull a Raj and pretend you watched it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I did watch it. Uh, I did watch NXT. If that's what you're getting at, <laughs> <laughs> you're like that was a fun match with lots of fun stuff. Isa, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> this is the last time you're coming on here, Matt. I'm just kidding, <laughs> but. uh this uh this had some scary spots. Uh, Jeff kind of uh, missed some stuff, uh, uh, you know, on the ropes and uh, towards the end. But at the end, uh, they got the win. Hook um, got Ethan Page into submission and got the win for his team. So, uh, you know, it it was what it was 
to open the show. Matt, I'll go to you first this time. What would you think? I'm not going to be the guy to read into Jeff Hardy's recovery or whether he should be back or not. Obviously, everybody's got their eye on that, including his boss, his family, his his brother, and himself, and his doctors, and his team. However, people tweeted me. It looks like Jeff's blown up. It looks like Jeff's blown up. There were points where he sh- probably should have been standing where he was sitting, which was strange to me. And it, it was uh, like he got hurt. Something happened, mm-hmm. pulled a muscle, something, because he was late to a couple things. And there ain't no way in hell I believe Jeff is going to blow this opportunity by being out of shape or struggling with the sobriety and screwing up for his brother. So I'm inclined to think he got hurt. For that reason, the match did not work at all because, you know, you're kind of relying on the Hardys to kind of bring it a little bit. Yeah, it looked like he, he tweaked his knee. But by the end, he seemed fine. Um so I don't know. I don't know if it, maybe it was just something, you know, he tweaked during the match, but ended up being okay. And he shook it off because he looked like he was in good shape. He looked good. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, Issa, what'd you think? Like I said, I didn't watch the pre-show, but of oh. course I have social media. I did see a couple <laughs> of these clips and um, yeah, to me, it also looked like he got hurt. Um, I, like, like I'm going to be with Matt on this one. I'm not going to comment on his personal life or what it is. I would just assume that he worked very hard to get back into the spot. Right. So I would assume that something must have gone wrong here. And Jeff is now spring chicken. <laughs> and it's a long time since he's been here. So any, any, I mean, shit, uh, it happens to us. And we're not freaking professional wrestlers, right? So one wrong step could take you in the wrong direction. I hope he's okay. The, the thought did cross my head about him having so many bumps on his bump card. And now with him uh, sober, he's probably feeling it worse than he ever has. And he's right. older than he's ever been. And maybe he just needs a little acclimation and maybe a little shift in ring style to get used to this new Jeff Hardy that he's living with. Correct, Mm correct. Yeah, yeah, coming back. Basically, he's had almost a year off uh, from the ring. So coming back and, you know, and he's 45. He's almost my age. And I I feel every bit of that, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, up until I turned 45, I was great. And then all of a sudden, my shoulder's jacked now. My back is hurting. You know, the other day I dropped my hairbrush and I went down to get it and I got stuck. And I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? I just heard my back picking up a hairbrush. Like, I thought that was, I thought that was an urban legend that people talked about, you know, that that happens. I'm like, that doesn't right. happen. Yeah, well, not it me. Happens. I'm healthy. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> it does. Uh, they did an Owen Hart uh, cup opening ceremony thing with Martha Hart. And uh, then Tony Khan came out wearing this. I love the hat. Hat. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like a fedora kind of, it was like a cowboy hat fedora kind of thing. God bless him. Just bless Tony Khan for just, just Takes he guts. does that. He has no problem at all just being Tony Khan. You got to love that. Takes guts. Uh, fans, you know, it was, uh, they kind of booed Tony when, maybe it was the hat. I don't know what it was. If but, we're being uh, honest, I think he, he, there's a little Tony on-screen fatigue and even off-screen fatigue where he's got to make some tough decisions. He's got to be the bad guy a lot of times. He's also not awesome on TV. So it might not be the worst idea for him to get someone else to do that stuff. Uh, is Does he deserve to do it? Absolutely. Is it a big deal if he does it? No. But if he has, for instance, let's say a Chris Jericho doing that stuff instead, I think that works a lot better for him and his company. And again, if he wants to do it, let him do it. Because it's not terrible, but it's certainly not helping with the booze. Mm-hmm. 
And so the main show opened up. So at the end of the pre-show, they started doing all the entrances. And so it was, it was like 10 minutes of entrances. And uh, and then the show opened up with Orange Cassidy winning the Blackjack Battle Royal to retain the AEW international title. Uh, so much going on in this match that I'm, I'm not going to try to do a recap. I, I feel like it, it we'll get into it. We'll discuss it. But came down to Orange Cassidy and Swerve. Um, they were going 600 miles an hour in there. It was fantastic stuff at the end with the two of them. Uh, and then finally, uh, Swerve was on the ropes, and then Orange just kind of gave him this lazy kick to the arms, and Swerve that was a great went finish. out. That was it was great. Right. It was so, so great. It was perfect. How do you how do you do something that was in character, but also just was believable? And it was it was the perfect moment in Orange Cassidy's career, really, if you think about it. Yeah, it totally fit, and. Uh, I thought the the match overall it was a lot of fun. It was there were some things here and there that I had issues with, like the fact that you could just stand outside of the ring for 10, 15 minutes, like Brian Cage and and Swerve were able to do, and then decide when you want to get well, in. We do that in the Royal Rumble too, here and there, you know. Yeah, no, I have a problem forever. with that too. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, about yeah, personal yeah. ethic ethics, Raj. You got to have the personal <laughs> ethics. You know what I'm saying? Right, but I think a battle royal once the bell rings, if you're not in the ring. You're not in the match. There should be you a count out in a battle royal for real. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. But outside of that, this was this was great stuff. Um, Isa, I'll go to you first on this. What what do you think of the match? Uh huge pop for Commander's elimination because when he first did the whole running the ropes thing, I was like, okay, that's cool. Then he started doing it again. I was like, oh somebody knock him out, and then somebody did it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's just gonna freaking walk the ropes the entire freaking battle royal. So, pop for that. Um, I thought there was also a spot where Bandito like picked up Brian Cage, and oh I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't think he had that in him. I'm like, oh, he's got that dog in him too. Like, what? Where is that coming from? I Bandito, did not expect that. Bandito is freakishly strong. I like, know, but like you don't. You just, I mean, uh, Claudio, but right, just you just don't expect him to pull off these things, and he's just picking up Brian Cage like he's a little kid, and I'm like, Bandito, is that you? <laughs> Where'd that come from? You know, uh, there was there was a lot of really fun spots. Obviously, I'm always keeping a micro, like a freaking like an eye on what they're doing with JY because that's what everybody wants to talk about. It was a very uh, I don't know, you know, the entrance on the pre-show, the way that he got eliminated. I will say I like that he got that heat back when he went right after. Like, you could see the anger in him when, when freaking Ricky Starks eliminated him and he went after and tried to get a little bit of revenge. But the the, the showcase of this match was just the, the match within the match, right? Like, after it came down to Swerve and Orange Cassidy, they freaking killed it. And I've been very vocal about Orange Cassidy's gimmick. It's not for me. It's for the kids. It's not for me. But my God, when this guy is in the ring, am I invested? Like, he just turns into someone so good that you just have to pay attention. It's the best. It's one of the best things that AEW has managed to build in the last few months. It's Orange Cassidy and his title ring. And this was awesome. Yeah. I got some heat earlier uh, for saying this, but I feel like Orange Cassidy is one of AEW's real stars that didn't come from New Japan. Absolutely. That wasn't a star in New Japan or, or WWE. He's one of the their biggest, like homegrown. So, and uh, I, I I feel like he keeps killing it. Yeah, I've gotten heat for four years. You know, before he <laughs> even was with uh, Double or Nothing, I remember uh, I believe Conrad flew him out for Starcast, and because he was at Starcast, he was there. Tony Khan put him in the Battle Royal, and that's a lot of reason why he's in all elite wrestling, right? Because Conrad was hip on Orange Cassidy then too. Uh, as far as this match goes, everything you're saying is good. Uh, I love the, the way they made certain people look strong. Ricky Starks, the Bullet Club, 
but also two thoughts hit me. The first thought is, uh, this is kind of like an exile for guys who were hot for a second and who dropped mm. off the face of the earth. Oof, mm-hmm. yes. Like for Ricky sure. Starks, Keith Lee, Swerve, Bullet Club, right? At the same time, though, and this can both exist at the same time, when you look at the talent of All Elite Wrestling and how it's been ratcheted up every year, when you compare these Battle Royals from year to year, especially three years ago to this one, it's pretty amazing the amount of talent that was in the ring. I would say at one time, it was the most talent in the ring at the same time in the history of All Elite Wrestling. They yes. have a lot of good people now. I, I did point. have that thought at one point, too, where I'm like, holy shit, look at this. Like, this is crazy. Right. Look, <laughs> look at all these people. Damn. Mm-hmm. And there, and, and to your point where you were talking about the booking, because there was a, a point where Ricky Starks was like, oh, my gosh. He's, exactly. He's it. Seemed like, he is it. <laughs> yeah. And then he, he cooled off. Keith Lee and Swerve, they still have not had that singles match. And, and, and I think that's point... one reason they brought on Will Washington, you know, was mm-hmm. those kind of things, the continuity, and specifically people getting cooled down. And this Battle Royale was full of a bunch of people who had been cooled down. Mm-hmm. And still, I thought Keith Lee and Swerve, it looked like they were going back to having them do a singles match, and then, boom, they're forgotten about again. Is that another but... reason why I think Collision is going to help? I know a lot of people are going back and forth on how they feel about Collision. You cannot utilize all of this styling in two hours of weekly television people are not watching rampage they're not so you can't tell me rampage too no they have two hours of television there's no way to build compelling storylines for all of these people at you know in, in a matter of one show a week of two hours so you know we'll see if collision really can can help things and obviously the addition of some people you know to to help with the creative with the, with the caveat that it being a brand split, because if you don't have the brand split, you just have the same storylines twice a week, as opposed to two, half as opposed to twice as many storylines once a week. Which, which is, is why Rampage totally is, which is why Rampage right. lost all of his whatever you had, you know, right. because Rampage, come on, it debuted with CM Punk of what one point something million viewers. Look at where it's at now. It's sad. So yes, I agree. They need to do a brand split, or this you can only watch this styling exclusively on these shows. Mm-hmm. And uh, to that point with Collision, you you mentioned, you know, talent getting more opportunities. But at the same time, you have to have enough top stars to accommodate a brand split. And, uh, you know, obviously, if anything were to happen with CM Punk, if he he decided he didn't want to come or he got hurt or something, uh, do you have enough stars at the top to split for for two brands? If they use them right. If they put them all in the same factions and have the two factions face each other, absolutely not. But you have two factions that are filled with top stars, and they have enough to split those particular fellas and make two shows, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they have to. You can't count on, and this is not nothing to do with all out and the drama and all that. CM Punk got injured quite a few times during his run on AW. You cannot rely on CM Punk alone just based on his health history with the company. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, overall, uh, fun opener, uh, good way to kick off the pay-per-view. And uh, then we went to Adam Cole against Chris oh Jericho. Uh, this match was, gosh, I, I, would, I don't think I'd ever think I'd say this, but I thought this was the worst thing on the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unsanctioned match, Sabu is the special enforcer. Sabu was in there for about two minutes, came in. Did a spot. He went through 2.0. He, he climbed to the top rope, went through 2.0, through a table, just basically fell off the top rope. Um, <laughs> it was it was some it was some 2000 Nitro shit right there. You know, yeah. like that was just like, oh, Sabu for a minute. There, he, where's Road Warrior Animal? You know, like 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's what, because this is like Adam Cole's return pay-per-view match, you know? And I just thought, ugh. And, and then the, the finish, uh, Adam Cole, he lowered the boom, wrapped a chain around his knee to hit another boom before mounting Jericho's and just started punching him. And then the referee stopped the match. Thought, I like that they tried something different, but I thought this was just terrible finish. The match itself was meh. It wasn't bad by any means, but I thought it was the weakest thing on the show personally. Um, uh, Matt, I'll go to you first. What do you think? I think it destroyed the crowd like death. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I said this on Twitter. Aubrey, you know, people asked how you how can you have a unsanctioned match ended by a tap out, and I think Aubrey tapped it out for the fans. I think we just needed <laughs> it done. Just get done with it. It was terrible. It was on the same level with Chris Jericho's other terrible matches, like with Orange Cassidy, where he just can't keep up with some of these young guys like this. And he tries to do Adam Cole-style matches with Adam Cole. It ends up just brutal and convoluted and confusing and Sabu and no. It, and it, and the, the, I don't think the crowd or the event recovered until we saw MJF. Yeah, I agree 100%. Issa, what would you think? I hate it. Everything about this, I hated it so much, <laughs> and I don't want to hate it, but I did. I hated the whole Sabu thing. I, I didn't think it made any freaking sense to add him to begin with when they announced it on Wednesday. I'm like, but why? Why is this happening? Um, I <laughs> why is Britt Baker saving everybody? Like, when did she get the superpower that she has to come out and save freaking Adam Cole? And then you have her come back later in the show. It's like, Britt Baker, you can't do it the same thing twice. And they did it on an episode of Dynamite, and they did it again tonight. It makes sense, but it's, it just makes Adam Cole look weak. I said it. It yeah. makes Adam Cole look weak that he needs Britt Baker to come out and save him every and single this time. Is, this is a guy who was handcuffed while they gave his girlfriend a black eye. Yeah, so why not tell her to stay the fuck away? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm with you. And he's he's locking up and squaring up against this guy who chained him to a rope while they gave his girlfriend a black eye. This is some. This is. I mean, that that I, I love Adam Cole. I, he's great. I do too. And but man, this this does not do much for the future of what we think is the Adam Cole MJF thing. I would be against it at this point. Mainly because of this, really. I I was curious, and I would love to know what you guys think. Uh, there was a lot of like crazy stipulation matches because Fatal Four Way, right? You had the Anarchy in the Arena, you had a ladder match. So, do you think they held back a little bit just because there were so many no like everything goes matches that it's like how many times can we do this? How many spots? Maybe these two were hurt here, but re- like at one point they're just wrestling. I'm like, why is this unsanctioned? Why is this unsanctioned? Right, they're just right. wrestling right. each other. And so the referee I, can I, stop an unsanctioned match. Right. So I wonder if maybe they just held back because of everything else that was, it was very book with a lot of everything goes matches here. But yeah, I'm with you. It was my least favorite. Thing. Yeah, I, I can see it, it now. Like Jericho's like, can we use tax? You're like, no. Can we break <laughs> some more tables? No. Can we go to the announcer table? No. What are they going to do? Can, what can are we, they going to do? Can we can we do a bump with the stairs now? No, can yeah. can we go in the crowd? A little bit. What about a chain? Okay, cool. You can use a chain. You know, like that's pretty yes. much what they had to do. But also, like Jericho just couldn't keep up. Like honestly, because Cole is still great. Cole still has great matches every time he turns around. So this, I don't. It's not the best use of Jericho at this moment to me. Majestic Marie saying every everybody looks bad going against Jericho lately. 
I didn't like it. I, I think Jericho is such a smart guy. He just needs to know. And I'm sure he does. I'm, but he's a genius. He's He's been able to last this long. But change his style to to work so you don't have to go at these younger guys' pace. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Chris Jericho is so smart that there was a fight between CM Punk and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and he won it. Like, that's how smart Chris Jericho is. You know what I'm saying? He won that fight somehow. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. <laughs> uh, Chris, I agree. He did come out of that. It's pretty amazing, right? Like, Chris Jericho won the fight. How did he win the fight? He wasn't even in the fight. Right. Samu is because he's from Vegas. So we're like, let's just bring him in. Yeah, Christopher Stipe. Why was Sabu there just to get a quick paid? I was kind of surprised that uh, they use Sabu. He's had some controversies over the years. So I don't know if Tony knew about him, but uh, I was I was a little surprised. I think Tony just turned off Twitter for two days. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's on the show. Let's just just, uh, la 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 la. I'm not listening. (laughs) He's on the show. Bernie DC saying match was ended by ref's discretion due to Jericho not being able to defend himself. A horrendous build where the things they've done needed to be in different spots. Yeah. I found the structures of all the matches, all the, almost all the matches look peculiar, quite honestly. It was a weird, it was a weird pay-per-view. I thought like it's just something fell off pretty much. I thought pretty much the whole match. I, I mean the whole night, except for the MJF match. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez saying this match made me wish succession started an hour earlier. Joe Schmo saying we need NXT Adam Cole back. All right. Oh, I I don't know who watched using Fight TV, but Fight TV was horrible tonight. I just want to like point that out. Like I and I saw some people in the chat mentioning it earlier. I saw it on social media. A lot of people were having issues with the with the app. Fight TV just screwed up tonight. Hmm. It was it kept freezing up for me, kept freezing up, freezing up. And I'm watching using the same Wi-Fi. My NXT stream is just smooth. So I'm like, okay, it's not my internet. It's definitely Fight TV. I'm running a stream, but Fight TV was very, very bad for it. They need mm-hmm. a streaming service. Tony Khan is 2023, please. please I, bro. Uh, Bleach Report has always worked good for me. So it, that was good. Yeah, I used BR Live and it t- tonight it, it worked great the whole show. I wouldn't um, have it here in Puerto Rico. Sorry, guys. I have to use Fight TV. So, are you mostly in Puerto Rico now, or, I am or fully you still in going Puerto to Rico? So, New York, you're you're done. Yeah, I For love now. Puerto Rico. It's beautiful there. I did a vacation there. I love it there. The food, the people. Just I saying, to go. it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's good to know because I, I I can't wait to go. That's that's on my uh, list in the next. Okay, two Raj, years. when you book it, you just text me. I got you. I'll, I'll help you with everything. You gotta Absolutely. go to the rainforest. The rainforest first is awesome. All, first of yeah. all, I'll be I'll be your tour guy. We'll just you 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 need to rent a bigger car because we're not gonna fit in my little car. But I'll take you guys to all the places you need to go. Trust me on that. <laughs> and I already I already know the wife and the kids, so it's gonna be great. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No. <laughs> uh, up next, we had FTR defeating Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, boy, they they had Mark Briscoe's guest referee. They threw so much stuff in this match, but I thought it was really fun. Karen Jarrett nailing Audrey <laughs> Edwards at one point with the guitar. Uh, stuff all over the place. It was fun. Um, it's... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'll, I'll go to you first, Issa. I, I thought, uh, I personally thought it was fun, but I, I don't know. I feel like FTR should be in, in bigger matches than comedy fun stuff, if, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, the whole build-up to this match was very weird. I think my only thing that I liked when it came to the build-up was that weird freaking segment they did out in the farm with Mark, Mark Briscoe with Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett <laughs> and the suspenders. Like That was a fun segment, but this is not what I want to see FTR and, and defending the championship against. Like, this is what mm-hmm. the best acting division in wrestling is in AEW. We're seeing this. Why? You know, I, I just, I, I wasn't with it. I did think this match got fun, but halfway through it, I thought it started so slow and we weren't getting anywhere. And I'm like, what are we doing? Or why are we wasting FTR match on this? But listen, they, they did their thing towards the end. I, I like all the dramatics. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm just ready to see FDR go against some real tag teams. No offense to Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. They didn't have a chance winning, and it was what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt? Isn't it weird, Raj, when you like know people who are in the matches? Isn't that, doesn't that make it difficult? <laughs> it you know, does. Like, Jeff Jarrett, someone I like, I would say we're friends. Dex Harwood and I are really good friends. Mm-hmm. Like, we talk Not every day. We're doing a podcast together. We talk today, you know, about the match. So it's weird. But if I were to build a brick wall between that and this, right, I would say that FTR is the best tag team in the world. And FTR uh, was off TV forever. And then they won a retirement match. And they gave him Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. No offense, Jeff. I love you, Jeff. But Issa said tag teams. They need to build up a tag team division or else it looks like to me and me alone, everybody, because I get accused of, of tweeting for Dax and stuff. For me and me alone, it appears to me that they're giving them the titles to make them happy and that everything else is just not happening. You know, we're not seeing the Bucks against FTR. We're not seeing the acclaimed against FTR. We're not seeing really good tag teams put together. Hopefully it's Jay White and or, or Finn Juice maybe and with Jay White leading them. And that's what they were alluding to. But for some reason now, we just don't have a tag division in, in, in AEW. And that's weird. Really strange. And to Issa's point about the farm segment, <clears throat> the last thing FTR needed as the hottest tag team, maybe the most over faces in the company at points, is a heel tag team that does a comedy segment. Like, that's the last thing that you need. It's undercutting to the seriousness of the issue and the seriousness with Mark. And it undercut Mark's comedy a little bit. It seems completely unproductive. I don't know what went into that match. 
Um, but I will say that Dax did Dax things and was awesome. And then FTR did FTR things and were awesome. And you can't argue with how hard Jeff has worked, how good Jeff, Jay Lethal was. But man, did it not work. And a lot of that might have had to do with Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. I think wrestling after proud. Jericho in this case was the death spot. And it wasn't because that match was so hot that this was a right. Cool it was match. a weird it was thing. Like that just... match killed a crowd, and it was hard to get him back. If you had FTR against another tag team that was a tag team, they could have got the crowd back up. But instead, you're relying on freaking like Karen Jarrett, who, by the way, I like Karen. Jarrett. It's so difficult, right? It, I like performer. Karen Jarrett too, but relying on this for the tag team match, uh, it's FTR, man. They. They were so over, and they are so over as a babyface tag team. Give them some heel tag teams to work with. It's not that hard. The Guns are opening up the pre-show. Like, the Guns were the tag team champs. Like, create a tag division for the guys. Come on. Yes. Because they love it. I will say that. They love it. They want to wrestle tag teams. That's all they want to do. It'd be great. And they want to do it for All Elite Wrestling and make All Elite Wrestling the best company in the world. But from my perspective, if you don't give them tag teams to wrestle... What what are you doing? There was a time when FTR first came in that I thought FTR versus the Young Bucks could easily headline a pay-per-view. Like, I thought it was that kind of match. And I feel like it's been brought down so much because of stuff like this, which is fun, but it doesn't make the tag division look like a main event thing. And No, uh, when, you, when you have to start creating things like Hangman Page as a drunk, uh, is a drunk a person who betrayed FTR when you have to, this is me talking again, uh, as opposed to the Bucks and FTR are the best tag teams in the world. That's all mm -hmm. you need. That's the angle. They never mm -hmm. did it. They can still do it, but they need to build it up again when they didn't have to build it before. I'm sorry for interrupting, but I'm passionate about this particular subject. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Sorry, one second. And uh, so, yeah, um, it was what it was. It was overbooked, but it was. I thought it was. It was fun, but ultimately, uh, Jeff Jarrett pie faced Mark Briscoe, slapped him until Briscoe slapped Jarrett, who turned around into the shatter machine, and FTR got the win. So, uh, FTR getting the win. Jeff Jarrett, you know, I, I I look at Jarrett, and he just looks fantastic. He's, he, he looks, looks great. in great shape, bro. <laughs> yeah, and and he does his shtick well. Like he's. He's just a great pro and everything, but I I, I hope we can get the uh, the tag division back in focus and make it seem like something that could be in the main events. And Not to mention, make best use of Mark Briscoe at this point in time. Yeah, and I feel like the acclaimed, you know, and we'll get to that here in a minute. But the acclaimed, they lost the titles, and it seemed like well, maybe this was a story to get them to get the titles back, and they're they've kind of fallen off. So. Anyway, so we'll get to that, but the the tag division is kind of a mess, and hopefully they can get it uh, back going. Uh, so we had a backstage segment, Chris Jericho and Soraya, they're furious backstage, demanding Tony Khan give them a mixed tag team match against Britt Baker and Adam Cole this Wednesday. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Calm <laughs> down, Ethan. The security guard came, and Jericho hit him with a fireball, so... There you go. He fireballed the intern. Yeah. He fireballed <laughs> my he fireballed my desire to ever watch one of his matches. I'll tell you that that much. <laughs> it, was, it was a rough night for non wrestlers. Audrey Audrey getting the chair shot. Uh, the referee in the main event was juicing 
this backstage guy getting a, a fireball to the face. So. All the fans during the Jericho match, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Matt <laughs> right, is I'll not stop. holding back. I'll stop. I'll stop. So. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't have to protect you. anybody anymore. Well, you know? we'll it's just Matt cut. out here trying to get downloads, you know, so I ain't got to worry about making anybody happy anymore because no, no. my podcast got canceled. So I'm just on my own now. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't I don't think it was something you and Dax decided on your own. Yeah. It, it a lot honestly a lot it pretty much was like you know the way we are, Dax is not going to do it cuz someone pressures him to do it. Like he's not. Mm-hmm. He's going to burn down the town to case it. I'm the same way. We mm-hmm. literally were concerned with everything so negative, everything so bad. We love wrestling. We want it to be good, and we don't want to contribute to it. For Dax, it wasn't a big blip on his thing because he makes a lot of money with all elite wrestling. For me, it was a bigger deal, but I wanted to do right by Dax and his um, his mental health, you know, from just being negative, all the negativity. Your camera switched, uh, Raj. I yeah. know. My, my other camera died. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what just happened? Um, <laughs> Freaked you yeah. guys out. It's very hard to just sit down and talk wrestling um, and people not take... Because you were talking wrestling with Dax, they're just going to take everything that you guys were saying too hard. And it's sad because it took away something that a lot of us enjoyed. Well, thank you. We we love doing it. And we also were like, why do it now? We don't have to do it now. We can do it four years from now. We can do it three years from now. We don't have to do all this now. And everything was so negative, And it was just... It, it was just absolutely negative. We we weren't uh, forced to or even asked to because if you know Dax, he's not going to do it because somebody pressures him to, and, and I'm not either because I was making good money. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like I was paid to stop it or anything. We just tried to do the right thing, and we did that a couple times during the podcast. We did the right thing making the podcast and did things that people wouldn't have done for us. I'll just I'll say that much. We try to be good people, and um, that's not seen a lot. And that's okay. And we don't want to need to spend the whole time talking about this. But but <laughs> listen to Wrestling Friends with Matt Coon. It's a lot of fun. Raj Geary is going to be the guest this week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I will be on. I can't wait. Uh, Joe Schmo saying the acclaim need to drop Billy Gunn. Mark Smith saying I'm happy to see Mark happy. Absolutely, it's it's great seeing Mark in in AEW. So that is that was cool. Um, Huffman Elite Training saying FTR is just like Ethan Page in AEW. They are being underutilized and underrated. In Ethan Page's case, it's too many wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Mm. Michael Wayne saying Tony overbooks interferences in one pay per view. Ryan Raj, I I don't I don't think I can disagree with that. But uh, someone did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clay Ford saying for AEW having the best tag division in the world is pretty dead right now. I wonder why. Sorry, I'm done. I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was a time it was really strong, and there were certain tag teams involved. And now certain tag teams aren't involved, and it's not as strong. That's interesting. And they got this stupid trios division. I know Dave Meltzer was really wanting it. To, I don't know why they created it, but it just watered down the tag division. I, I mean, because if you had the House of Black as a tag team, you know, in a all these other teams, you got the acclaimed in there, and, and and you focus on that. You got something big, anyway. Absolutely, and the Bucks too, right? The Bucks too, mm-hmm. John Moxley and Claudio too, and well, a lot of other people could be tag teams. The Lucha Brothers could don't have to be the uh, uh, Ring of Honor champions. There's a bunch of people that could be tagging, and the trios is part of it. But 
is just not a focus. The tag team division is just not a focus right now, or else they mm-hmm. wouldn't just have little tiny backstage segments with the tag team champions every week. Right. right. <laughs> All right. Up next, we had Wardlow against Christian Cage in the ladder <laughs> match. Wardlow beat Christian. Um, she just so laughed. You just laughed. Yeah, I did. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I what the hell was that anyway? Yeah. Like, yeah. He fucking ate his finger. He ate this guy's finger off. That like... was so weird. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, there's a room full of people, right? And they're like, all right, we got to do this thing with Arn and Wardlow. And someone goes, what if he just bites his finger and there's blood on it? And everybody in the room has to go, that sounds great. Let's do that. Like, nobody has to go, hey, maybe there's 25,000 other good ideas. Like, they, they go, they go, no, that's it, dude, thumb. We're going thumb right away. That's it. Oh, my God. They're like the new Walking Dead spinoffs coming up, so... But I don't know. I, I, don't, I didn't get it because when I watched it, I had to because I was watching that in NXT at the same time. And I, I was doing one of the what, <laughs> what just happened there. <laughs> I was like, it, it was the weirdest spot I've seen in a match in a while because it's one thing if the wrestlers do it, but the manager doing it. Also, uh, they made Arn run. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what? They made Arn run to him as opposed to running to Arn. Arn got a Arn love Arn made it made made the theme for his podcast love Arn. But like he ran like the Bugs Bunny, like his feet moved and then he moved. And no, don't do that to Arn Henderson. He's a legend. Oh yeah. Oh, my favorite thing is that he ran down and then he just started whispering in Warlow's ear. And you know that Dominic and Rhea were shook by this. <laughs> I'm like, why are we doing the dumb Rhea with Arn and Warlow? This whole thing is weird. <laughs> I never I never really understood Arn as like this baby face manager. I, re- I realize he has so much goodwill with the crowd. It's hard right. to turn them against him. But even with Cody, it was always kind of weird for me that he was this good guy manager who gave advice or strategy uh love wardlow personally professionally and we by the way have you seen have you met wardlow before rosh mm-hmm. when you meet him you get it you're like that's a star right there mm-hmm. that's a star 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 this is not the best use of the wardlow and the wardlow has not been used properly in a long time yeah i mean you compare what he was doing last year at double or nothing with with mjf and his reaction that night. And it felt like, oh my God, this guy's a superstar. This is the breakout match. He's going to go to the main event. And then he got cooled down. And not just even considerably, just like completely. Off, um, he fell off the table. It was just completely done. Yeah. And QT Marshall thinks it's because I don't know the inner workings of the business, but he has been cooled off considerably regardless. So, um, yeah, yeah, but regardless, I, overall, still, I feel like we've been negative so far on this. But I did think ultimately this match ended up being a really good match. Uh, there was this one point where Wardlow just went full crazy, got this gigantic ladder. I mean, it was one of those insanely crazy ones, like Jeff Jeff Hardy would get at WrestleMania, like not just a regular ladder, but twice the twice the height, and Wardlow put Luchasaurus on a table outside the ring and climbed this insanely tall ladder and then did a swanton. Totally unnecessary, in my opinion. He's not, it, it seems like he doesn't need to do that kind of stuff, but he did. But it was one of the highlights of the show. It was just a crazy spot, fantastic. Uh, it, and, and I felt like 
that got people back into the show. You talked about the Chris Jericho, Adam Cole match kind of killing the crowd. This match, I felt like, got him back in. The most beautiful swanton in the world. Like, I get, I don't get it either because he's so big. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you get a swanton that beautiful, you, you get a car that's beautiful, you're going to drive it around town. Like, that is a beautiful swanton, so use it. Yeah, show it off. Brock tried that once with the uh thinking that too. <laughs> didn't, yeah. didn't work too well. Uh Isa, what'd you think? Uh yeah, it was weird. The whole thing was odd. I like the swanton, even though he ate more of that table than than uh <laughs> Horace did, but it was a great visual for Warlow, especially such a big guy like Warlow, you just don't expect them to pull off those kind of moves. I was very happy to see Warlow win. They have lost a lot of credibility in the TNT title, and this is how you start rebuilding it back up. So I was very happy to see Warlow walk away victorious. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's interesting. Like, when he got his hair chopped off and punked out by Samoa Joe, you thought, like, maybe it would lead to a hair versus hair match or something where he gets, like, his revenge back. Never really happened. He did beat Samoa Joe, but he never really got to humiliate Joe like Joe humiliated him. Not sure why they don't go to the formula with him that worked. Like, you know, it was working. Everything was working good. And now they yeah. keep doing all this other stuff with him. Put him with Arn. Do this. It was working. Put him, you know, put him with somebody else. Have him be the security guy or whatever. But also now have him do these matches where he just dominates. Mm-hmm. If you have him dominate six weeks in a row, he'll be back where he was. It's not hard. He's got that intangible. Yeah. Loud Marlins fan with the 499 Super Chat. Thank you. Uh, he's saying, name one AEW wrestler who has actually benefited from Arn Anderson as their manager. He has had more clients fail than Jade has had baddies quit. Uh, Brock Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his Glock. Is his Glock like, listed in the roster officially? <laughs> Maybe they misspelled Brock's name on his birth certificate. Maybe he meant to name him Glock Anderson. Glock <laughs> Anderson. Yeah, and, and like, no, I can't think of... You know what... Uh, AEW, I, I always felt like managers were something from the past that can be utilized now. And AEW does that. They they you have a lot of managers, but so many of them are ineffective. Uh, you have all sorts of managers where Mark Sterling and you know these other guys, where it's just like you forget that they're even on the roster. Jake Roberts, uh, Alex uh, Al, Al, Al Hambres, um, yeah, Jake Roberts, Vicky Guerrero when she was there. They just haven't been – I haven't seen a talent elevated with the manager in AEW. I don't think at all. Even Don Callis, I don't think, really elevated Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega was already there. It did help enhance his heel character, but that might be the only one. Not even Christian with Jungle Boy. You know, like, it never happened. Yeah. I don't know. Isa, can you think of any? Uh, the Glocks. <laughs> the Glocks. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. It's just, it's, it's weird saying like half of the factions too. So that's just how it goes in AW sometimes. Uh-huh. So anyway, at the end. Oh, uh, Re- I think Regal with the BCC was good. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that was. Yeah, cool. but I mean, how are you going to fail as a manager when you're managing freaking John Moxley and O'Brien? So like, Claudio, like, oh, come on. That's your job. is just, it's like when Joe Torre was managing the 1996 Yankees, 98 Yankees. You didn't have to do nothing. You just sat there and watched them win. Come just on. called in Mario and Rivera to pitch the ninth. And that <laughs> yeah, was it. So that's it. That's, 
I mean, not not taking anything away from William Regal, but he he had a stacked you know faction given to him, so of course he was successful. And it was weird to make him the most important when he's leaving. You know, like the most. I didn't know he was leaving for a little bit, no. No, but I mean, when they did the angle with nope. MJF, oh yeah, 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 he was leaving. No, we did not. <laughs> As the person who hosted this po- podcast and who he just stopped doing, um, I would say there wasn't that much warning on it. To be honest with you, just maybe a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. No, but but when they did that final angle where MJF took him out, they knew then. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so uh, Wardlow gets the win. Um, fun match, you know. I, I don't think this is one you're gonna talk about in a week, but overall, I thought it was it was good stuff. Um, peculiar, peculiar to do this with Christian at all if he's gonna lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, we had Tony Storm defeating Jamie Hader to win the AEW Women's Title. Jamie Hader has been injured, so they they basically de- did an injury angle where they attacked her arm before the match, Soraya uh, and uh, and Tony, and then really attacked her arm, and then the match started, and in about two minutes, it was over, and. Mm-hmm. Tony Storm beat her to win the AEW Women's Championship. Hopefully, Jamie Hayter uh, has a has a quick and speedy recovery. We wish her the best. But Tony Storm, the new AEW Women's Champion, it's a great rematch for Wembley. Yeah, yeah. I hope that um, Jamie Hayter is okay and that she's going to get healthy soon. I'm just kind of over these women's feuds all being the same. Since Rhea debuted, all she's done is, is is filled with the same group of people. Britt Baker, we're going to see it again on Wednesday. It's like we need some variety here. Maybe now freeing up Jade might give us a little bit of, of, of something that we haven't seen before. But the outcasts against these three girls have been going on since. Shit, I went to full gear when it was like Soraya's first match back. That was what, November? And she was wrestling Britt Baker, and we're still doing all of this. I am excited for Tony Storm, just because I don't care what anybody wants to say. She was an interim champion. Even if they said we're going to count it as a real title reign now, she can have a real title reign, and that's how we're going into it. She is the women's champion. So I'm excited for her to get this reign, but I need to see different group of women working with each other because this is like Willow just won. Um, you know, against against Mercedes Monet. You need to capitalize on that. You just freed up Jade. You can bring her into the world title picture. Like, give us something please. different, please. Yeah, break break Jade out of the Phantom Zone, man. I don't know what mm-hmm. they just have her on her own little island. She's like in the Cody verse, you know. And it didn't work <laughs> for Cody, and it's not working for her. Mm-hmm. I want to see Britt Baker Universe and Jade Universe crossover at some point. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why we haven't seen it yet. Oh yeah, because Britt Baker's too busy saving everybody. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so um, she didn't come out and save Jay. Which she, she put did. in like twenty thousand steps today. She's tired. Yeah, yo, you know she did. <laughs> Her freaking apple rings were like going off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It's like it's a peak today, boy. It's a peak. So this, I, I felt like this paper was like a seesaw, and like it, it started to come back up with the Wardlow with that ladder spot. And then I felt like it came back down with this. It like had the, moments. The crowd wasn't it had it. moments until, in my opinion, Chris Statlander returned. From there on now, we we kind of were in the right track. Before that, it was mm-hmm. moments, not matches, just moments here and there. Well, I felt like also with the next match, the the House of Black versus the Acclaimed and, and Daddy Ass. And I felt like, again, <laughs> the crowd 
they they tried to do what they could you know they're doing this thing with the house of black their matches with the the lighting and everything i've never been a fan of that i hated when they would do that with at first with, with kane when they would do it all in the pink light hated it they did it with bray wyatt for a while uh, sin cara they would do that the the lighting at, at first never a fan when they changed the lighting i still don't like it it's it's much better than what they were doing a couple of weeks ago where it was just now they have this cool lighting effect in the crowd but um yeah the acclaimed cut a promo uh pretty edgy even by their standards i thought it was great um yeah they, they, they claimed are they're gold i i i hope we could see them yeah in, they're uh, gold but it's position. gold that somehow they like it feels like you know how you have to like dig for gold it's like they dug it and then they found it and then they were like oh let's just put it back <laughs> 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 that's what they did they were the hottest thing in the company and now they're just here in the middle of the car like if they weren't rapping you i i just told you i forgot about this match until you just brought it up mm-hmm. i'm not sure what function billy serves on the team anymore um, they can stand on their own. They are the updated version of the New Age Outlaws. You have the guy who is the great worker, the guy who's the great talker, who raps on the way to the ring. He's also edgy and funny. They're also very socially conscious and very relevant to everything going on today with their outspokenness about their about, about their sexuality and everything else. This is a team that should be on the posters, on the top of the card, always in, never an afterthought. And also, not the kind of team that works well with a team like the House of the Black. This, this right. fast-paced, you know, bang-bang style didn't really work. The rules of the House of Black stuff is ridiculous because they're t- like the Bucks. I'm not talking about about the Bucks, but they don't follow any rules anyway. So why are we saying, okay, well, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna you know observe rope breaks when they don't. We're not we're gonna observe, you know it nothing nothing makes a whole lot of sense with this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just I just wish. Here's the thing. I didn't love the pay-per-view, but the talent is ridiculous. House of Black is ridiculous. The acclaimed is ridiculous. Just by moving some people to different spots on the bus, you could have an amazing pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things I hate the House of Black rules is that disqualifications are enforced. Shouldn't they be anyway? <laughs> like, isn't that- I think that's just code for Rick Knox will not be refereeing. I guess. Because... Uh, it's like pinfalls will be enforced in this match. It should be, you know, disqualification should be. All matches must take place within a ring. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. The stuff in the ring counts. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, But I, I'm with you. I uh, really love House of Black. Max Caster made a lot of Malachi Black wearing blackface. And then that later in the show, we had a singer who looked like they were wearing blackface. He was like, like no, that's not blackface. This is blackface. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to sing Wild Thing in blackface for 20 minutes. <laughs> it was a mask. But if if it's confusing at all, maybe yeah. don't do it. Don't like, do it. <laughs> if someone goes, hey, you know what? That mask looks a little blackface-ish. Maybe you should be like, next gig. Right. Next yeah. gig, I'll figure it's it out. It's red paint. Yeah, or something. Just can, can you throw some yellow sparkles on me or something? Because this is too minstrelly. You know, it's no good. <laughs> so yeah, not the not the best look. But House of Black getting the win. Uh, Malachi Black hit the black mass and Billy Gunn got the pin. So they did, at least they didn't beat Max Caster or uh, Anthony Bowen. So at least that that's something. But uh, I think we're I think we're all in agreement. Uh, we'd like to see the acclaimed in a, in a higher spot. And you know, we're talking about FTRs wrestling Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Uh, it seems like there's a little disconnect 
with the tag teams and there's a natural feud. And, and as someone who works with kids, you know, and once in a while I have a wrestling fan, but I work with kids, I know kids. If you want to get kids involved in watching wrestling, the acclaimed are the team, right? The acclaimed are the mm-hmm. team. Dan Housen's the dude. Orange Cassidy's the dude. Mm-hmm. Get those people mm-hmm. on TV because new fans are young fans. They're not old people like me who are discovering wrestling for the first time after living on the planet a couple decades. They're kids. And the acclaimed speak to kids, especially with how outspoken they are on social issues. Man, yeah, the acclaim, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen. I I have not been to an AW show where I don't see the kids cosplay as Orange 100%. Cassidy and Darby Allen. Every single show, the acclaim. The, I remember wanting to buy the the silly scissors foam, and I was like, the show hadn't even started, and they were sold out. All of them by these kids in the last show that I went to. Like, no, you're absolutely right about that, and that is a that is a target demographic that AW could really really go for because you go to these shows and you barely see any kids there. <laughs> uh, Majestic Marie saying actually in AEW they don't wrestle in a ring much <laughs> sometimes they do well that's fair <laughs> that's very fair and worth your two dollars sir <laughs> yeah, thank you thank you for the super chat I, but uh, alright up next Jade Cargill defeated Taya Valkyrie to retain the TBS title um, I thought this match was I thought this match was good I'm um, Everyone knows I'm a big Jade Cargill fan. I feel like she just has that extra, extra that you just can't teach. And um, hasn't just hasn't had like a real good storyline yet. But regardless, she won. And um, let's discuss that. And then we'll go to what happened next. Uh, Issa, I'll go to you first. What'd you think? Okay, we're just talking about Taya Valkyrie and, and Jay Cargill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, all I have to say is, well, I love Taya Valkyrie, but you already had her lose to Jay Cargill, so this just felt like, uh, okay, she's going to lose again. So I'm very glad that we had an after something, you know, that something went down after this. Uh, again, it's time to start mixing them up. I feel like uh, I want to see Jay Cargill do more, but I also would like to see more with Taya Valkyrie, and you set her up for failure by making her feud with your undefeated beast jay cargill right off the bat like give her some other matches and let her you know i i just i i, I like the match was okay it was fine but it wasn't anything we haven't seen before literally mm. at the same time if you're gonna have taya valkyrie come in and lose you might as well have her lose the undefeated champion you know it hurts less and at the same time we talked about uh jade and about how jade lives in the jade universe and it's time to split her out imagine if during this outcast feud if at any point Jade walked to the ring to get involved and back up somebody, the place would lose its mind. And it's time to pull the trigger on some Jade stuff. And it's time to pull the trigger. I know they're going Statlander. I love Statlander coming out. I love how loyal Tony Khan is to her. And I love that Statlander keeps increasing her game and making herself more and more uh, TV, like like more of a TV wrestler every time we see her. But, man, we got it. We got to use this Jade uh, commodity. Jade is a commodity that's being wasted on one little segment, and that's it. And and other wrestlers are used 20 times. And uh, it's time. Match was good. Statlander run at the end. Love the response from the fans. It's so cool to see a wrestler get the response they deserve and they want. Yeah. So, which leads us to after the match, uh, Jade won. Mark Sterling got on the mic and was saying they, they basically issued an open challenge. And boom, it was accepted by Chris Statlander. Uh, Chris Statlander hit the ring, and within a couple of minutes, Chris Statlander beat Jade, ending the undefeated streak, 
and winning the AEW TBS title. Um, cool surprise. I don't think anyone expected Chris Statlander to be walking out as AEW TBS champion after this. Kind of gave me SummerSlam 88, Honky Tonk Man, Ultimate Warrior vibes. Uh, uh, Matt, I'll go to you first. What do you think? Just a fantastic uh, turn of events and a, a great way for Jay to finally lose and a great way to push someone who, you know, like if people say Tony Khan doesn't learn from his mistakes, is Chris Stanler still an alien? I don't think so. You know, like like right. she's worked on this stuff <laughs> and Tony Khan has made observations. She was an alien. She's no longer an alien, but she's now a champion. And if she was going to lose to anybody, I probably would have been like, what the hell? <laughs> if it was anybody else. So mm -hmm. good on her, and let's get Jade in the other universe now. Issa? I thought this was a great way to have Jade lose and still kind of like somewhat feel protected. And I'm just like, again, happy to see Chris Statlander back and, hel and healthy. I do not think she's an alien anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I just, I need to see Jade is a star. She uses it factor. We're talking about it with Tiffany. This is Tiffany times 10. I mean, she comes out and she's just it. Okay. I don't know how else to describe it. Put her in that position. Let's start treating her that way. And that, like, not just because it's Jade, you need to do something with this women's division. Bring somebody in. I don't know. I, I have heard they have brought some people in. Bring somebody in that can help because the women's division in AEW has always been an issue. It's time to start addressing it. Mm -hmm. Joseph Boza saying, Chris Lander is finally champ. Huffman Elite Training saying, I think Jade will disappear for a while. I don't, I don't think so. We'll see. And then Finn's abs with the 499 super chat. Thank you, Finn's. Uh, Finn, I, I just want to ask Isa, how does it feel to officially be in the LWO? Right? You and Zelina. Well, it was all of them were there. I, I helped them um, put together the, the tattoo outing that, that the LWO had when they came here to Puerto Rico. And me nice. and Zelina, you can see it right there. We got matching tattoos. Uh, it was a great night, and it feels great. Ray, it was Ray Mysterio was there, Santos Escobar. I mean, we were all there. We were at this tattoo shop in Old San Juan until about three a.m. It was the, one of the best nights ever. That's awesome. Yeah. Now I, I don't have any there. LWO tattoo stories, so <laughs> I got nothing. No, no I want one. What you 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 haven't been like having a couple of drinks and in all San Juan getting tattoos with the LWO? I've done yeah. everything. I've had drinks in San Juan <laughs> and the awesome job. I mean, uh what Zelina did in uh in the in Puerto Rico was one of the best things I've ever seen in professional yeah. wrestling ever. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I, I had a sneak peek of what the gear was going to look like, and I still was crying like a baby when she opened up that freaking flag. I was like, oh! <laughs> like, it was it was such an emotional moment. It's, it was, I, I mean, we all talk about that Bad Bunny entrance, which is something, every time somebody asks me about how it was, it's like, you just had to be there. There's no way to describe it. There's no way to put it into words. But what Selena went through was such an organic, beautiful moment, and Obviously, now I'm going to sound like Matt. That's my buddy. That's my sis. Literally for life, we have a matching tattoo. So I'm going to be biased here, but I was so fucking happy for her, man. It was beautiful. <laughs> you should have been. It was a beautiful moment in wrestling mm -hmm. history, for sure. That that pay-per-view was just an all-timer. It was, it was magical, it was. really. Mm -hmm. it, it was magical. It was. it was beautiful. It was, it was what wrestling 
should be and uh, can't be, but once every few years or so. It's, uh, uh, um, it's really funny because I host a lot of watch-alongs on my YouTube channel, Cheap Plug, and I always tell people, it's like, I just want to have fun when I watch wrestling. That's mm. what I watch wrestling fun. That's how I grew up. And it was so funny to finally get the world to see what I mean. Like, now you saw the crowd in Puerto Rico and how we watch wrestling. Now you guys get me. <laughs> I'm just here to have fun, okay? Like, I want to enjoy every match. I'm going to find a moment that popped me. I'm going to have fun. And if, like, even even when they didn't know Bronson Reeds and they gave him the Gordito nickname, it was the cutest freaking thing in the world like that's how we watch wrestling in puerto rico and i'm like now and, and i feel like people get me a little bit more now when it comes to how my style of watching wrestling is like i'm just trying to have fun and have a couple of drinks okay like life is serious wrestling shouldn't be that serious like let's just have fun and, and backlash felt that way like we have fun from beginning to end both nights it was incredible it yeah. should always be fun, and we should always keep that in mind, you know. You know right. You're me and Raj, and you're always putting out takes for people, you know. We just have to remember that the idea is wrestling what needs to be fun. And our fun isn't necessarily everybody's fun, but that Puerto Rico show was everybody's fun. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Uh, Loud Marlins fan with the 499 Super Chat. Thank you again, Loud Marlins fan. This is crazy. They wasted a return. Stat could have been promoted. Is It is an insult to Statlander and Jade's 60 to nothing reign to lose money in the bank style. I don't know. I thought it was very effective. I think sometimes that works. It's uh, coming back with a bang. I see his point, though, because... Tony Khan, anything you do a lot loses effectiveness, right? The less time, you, less things you do anything, music, which is what I do, or wrestling, the more you do it, the less effective it is. We just had a pay-per-view with Jade wrestling a match and somebody running out with an introduction. So I can see why maybe the specialness got lost in the context of things that happen a lot. But at the same time, I think we can accept that this was kind of a special moment and, and an okay way to go about it. You said? I don't think it was wasted. I think um, if you want to walk out of here by with giving the crowd and the people that didn't buy the pay-per-view the, the impression of anything could happen and you probably shouldn't miss it live, this is how you do it. Uh, this is how you make a bang. This is how something happened in the pay-per-view that you weren't expecting. Jade walking out of here beating Ty Valkyrie and that's the end of it. That's what we all expected to happen. And Remember, they remember moments. They remember the unexpected. That's that's the fun part of wrestling. Those moments that you're just not expecting to happen. I loved it. I thought it was great. And um, I know it's going to sound weird, but I just think Jade is above the t- the TBS championship. And I it was hope time. that. Yeah. It was, I feel it's a bump up. Sometimes mm-hmm. when these wrestlers lose mid-card titles, you can tell it's a bump up. And uh, it feels to me like it's time for Jade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I, she was kind of stagnating, I felt like, with holding the TBS title. Uh, up next, we had uh, MJF versus Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara. Uh, during the entrance, Sammy Guevara revealed that uh, him and uh, Ty Conti revealed that they are having a baby. So congrats to them. That's awesome. Oh, I love this. Uh, what an epic announcement, you know. I, yeah. I thought this was so cool. And, and she's pretty far along. She was showing. Which is a tiny little thing. I would expect her to start showing right away. But that that was awesome and it made me very happy. Congratulations to them. Mm-hmm. And Darby Sam- Allen. Oh, I was going to say, Sammy is one of the nicest people mm-hmm. I've ever met. So is she. Experienced. She's incredible. And, and everybody I know who has dealt with him or dealt with him the way we did all day, StarCast or my son being with him all day, all we do is we say one sentence. We go, Sammy's the best. Sammy's the best. 
he was like, I still can't believe these people are in line to see me. Like, he's just <laughs> the nicest, sweetest guy. So I know he's had his issues, but I'm always on Team Sammy, you know, in a lot of ways. It's really funny that you say that because I actually feel that exact same way about Ty Conti. And now you're saying that it makes so much sense how these two are crazy about each other because it sounds like it's like literally the same personality. She's a sweetheart. We've seen the way that she has been with Brody Lee's family and his kids and how crazy they are about her. There's a reason about it. Now it makes perfect sense why this couple is, is the way that they are. Uh, I, I remember watching one of Sammy's vlogs and they freaking stop in the middle of the highway to save a turtle. And I'm like, why does that seem like something that they normally do all the time <laughs> uh, but i thought this was this was very wholesome and again congratulations to them that was no turtle that was chris jericho well, that was- <laughs> <laughs> he is, he oh, is inner that, circle jay yeah so i would expect no him to put save these his clips buddy. up for chris <laughs> Uh, and then Darby Allen came out. Weird video. Normally, no, I love the Darby it was awesome. It sucked. <laughs> no, Come it on. wasn't. It was oh, so please. Vegas. Come on, the wedding it, chapel, the fake Elvis. Nah, I, I, I actually, typically, I'm not very positive person on Darby Allen. I even have a weird impersonation that I do of him on my channel. But I gotta <laughs> tell you, I thought this was it. fun. No, 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 Rajiv. I'm not that drunk. Um, <laughs> I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. I thought it was well done. I felt bad for Jungle Boy, where they just giving his good old oh when everybody's yeah, right. like, see yeah, saying. he was the only one that was kind of like, all right, and Jungle Boy. <laughs> I was like, what, what, poor Jungle Boy? But I thought it was fun, and then, and I like, I, I, I will say one thing: he came out dressed as Elvis, and then he took it off. That, that kind of like made me mad. I thought he was gonna yeah. wrestle the whole match in that fit. <laughs> I just felt like the Elvis outfit, it just didn't feel like his character, but I don't know. Well, you know, coming out. He's in Vegas, baby. Yeah, what happens in Vegas stays in like Vegas, the... so why would he be himself there? He's not going to get out. He's he's post-ironic and edgy, you know? Yeah, so exactly. Gonna... But I'm just saying he's like, I'm wearing Elvis, haha. You know, it's kind of like that. It's like he's yeah. that edgy. These kids these days, you know what I'm saying? It's It's that kind of mm. thing. I don't know. Anyway, it's such a such a minor thing, I guess. <laughs> and then MJF came out, lowered in a throne, awesome stuff. Very shaky mask. throne. Very shaky throne. It was very sh- like I couldn't tell if that was on purpose or if it's like, oh shit, he might die. <laughs> but hopefully it was uh, it was on purpose. But he was wearing this mask. I think I think Triple H wore that mask at one of the WrestleMania. No, that's the right? devil I, mask that he wore when he came back and won the poker chip, remember? Yeah. Oh. When Tony Khan made the was. phone call. And right. All that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I knew it looked familiar. And they paid like $100,000 for 20 seconds of the stones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. <laughs> well, sometimes you got to pay to make the moment right. But uh, yeah, MJF with the grand entrance. It was hilarious. I, I think MJF, you know, you guys know what I think of MJF. I think he's just awesome. So, in my opinion, this was the match of the night. These guys just did, you know, everything uh, that you could possibly do. And then it ends with MJF. And and I think story-wise, I thought it was a great ending. MJF pinning Darby Allen with the side headlock. Uh, side headlock takeover. So, there you go. But... Fantastic stuff. What, uh, Matt, I'll go to you first. What do you think? Well, you know, you said on Twitter that I predicted Jungle Boy to win, and I, I did, but I was taking a chance because mm-hmm. nothing else made sense to me. Like, there can't be something this obvious. And then also, 
That Jungle Boy Roosh match, boy, like, I watched it like three times. I've never seen anything like it. Like, I've never seen anybody legit get the hell beat out of them for real for that long who was heading into a pay-per-view. It was awful. And I'm like, why would they do this to this kid? It doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. He's got to win. He's got to turn heel. And one of those things is very much going to happen. But, like, he... I thought, well, maybe they'll just have him turn on Darby and have him win somehow, and then Punk comes out. I don't know. But I thought the match was good. I think there was a lack of surprise, maybe, that we wanted the match. But um, this build-up, this match is one of the reasons the building didn't get filled, and I'm glad it's behind us. (laughs) And that is an excellent point. I feel like this main event has had the least intrigue of probably any AEW pay-per-view match uh, till date. It wasn't a bad idea. Like when you get out in the outset, you get in the meeting, you go, all right, what are we doing next? We're like, all right, we're going to do the four pillars. Love it. Good idea. How do we get there? Well, let's have all four do a promo the first day. Well, that was no good. Let's just yeah. stick out poor Jack Perry in it with a microphone, just dying a slow death every single week. Like that's not good either. Let's figure this out. Like there was ways to do this to make it work. And um, it's not on the talent. It's not on the idea. It's about the step-by-step follow-through to get there. Nisa? Um, yeah, I'm not. I never thought that MJF was losing the title ever, ever. <laughs> uh, I hated the build. I hated the build to this. And mm-hmm. at one point, I was like, uh, the promo, the original promo was horrible. But I do remember the hype. Right, the, the AW hardcores were so hyped to see the four pillars standing across each other. And that original night, some of them are not good on the mic, and you're putting them against one of your best on the mic in MJF. Now you have to, the three of them combined don't make an MJF, right? Let's just be real. But they were trying to one-up each other. They were trying to insult each other. And I'm like, there's promise here. Then you started making them buddies. That's where you went wrong with the build here. Like, no, they should have always been wanting to show why they're the better pillar than the other. No, they were all BFFs and this and that. Doesn't matter. I thought that the match that they put on today made up for the lack of story coming into this. And if we would have had a good creative story going into this, they would have hit it out of the ballpark today with the match that they managed to put on. I thought the match was incredible. And mm-hmm. I wish there was some... I, I wish the build was better. Because they delivered the match that that we would have gotten if you were thinking, wow. Like you said, on paper, the four pillars, you're like, oh, holy shit, that's going to be so good. And they ruined it. But I thought they killed it tonight. I really enjoyed the match. I thought NJF was great. Everybody was ready. I, I mean, and, and we go into this, into the anarchy in the arena, too. There's like... This lack of selling in AW that sometimes drives me absolutely crazy. Like, they hit this crazy move, and next thing you know, they're up and going. But that's just Sparrow. That's AW, right? That's AW. You gotta suspend your disbelief and go like, oh, yeah, he just took an uppercut with thumbtacks in his mouth, but he's okay to do this move right away. Anyways, (laughs) you know. You can nail someone with a cinder block in the head, but they get beat with a roll-up. I mean, (laughs) Sammy should legit die, like, four times in this match, you know? Like... (laughs) Sammy does so much crazy stuff. And I remember when I first saw him wrestle many years ago at like a WrestleCon super show. And I'm like, this guy does the same stuff everybody else does. He just does it better. He's mm. just crisper. He's just tighter. He's just better at whatever the high-flying flippy guy thing is. If he's the representative, it's all good. 
because Sammy mm. always is good. Think about that Cody Rhodes match. He's always great. Darby's got a great character. Jungle Boy is a work in progress, but you can see the potential. Um, the match was good. Uh, the match was, to me, because it didn't have the good buildup, it's, it's almost impossible for it to be a great match. You can't mm-hmm. just have a bad buildup and then have a great match. It's tough. You got to be Hogan Rock to make that happen. And because it wasn't as compelling and everyone kind of knew who was going to win, I think it suffered from that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you on that in the sense that I love the match itself in a vacuum. Like I thought, uh, you know, uh, you, you knew who was going to win, but I thought they, they did some fantastic stuff. The build I thought was terrible. Um, I felt like the first promo, they sounded like a bunch of Karens where it's like, well, you had four pay-per-views and I was on six. And, you know, it's like no one cares. You know, it was just uh, it was just weak sauce. And I felt like it kind of hurt Jungle Boy. Like I, I felt like his reactions every week started to be less and less and less from what they were two months ago. It's going to uh, help him if he turns heel. Yeah, I think he needs to turn heel. Uh, Darby, Darby's had, has his unique charisma that he's already, he's already good, but I, I felt like it, it hurt jungle boy a little bit, but regardless, um, the, the match itself was, was fun to watch. <laughs> What's that, Isa? Just trying to pick your jungle boy as a heel and who the hell he's going to intimidate. Maybe my five pound Yorkie will be intimidated by a heel. Just, just boy. have him talk to fans and then everyone will boo him. It'll be great. Right. Yeah. Just, just have him answer problems. questions as himself. <laughs> And then he'll he'll get booze in no time. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. I don't buy him. So yeah, I I am opposite. I thought this was a great match. Um, I'm not gonna forget the horrible build, <laughs> but I thought they killed it. Um, I I I walked away from this match wishing this would have had the creative that it needed to have because they 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 deliver in the ring. Because if it had the build up, we would all be talking about this as one of the greatest matches of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Secular belt saying Isa is 100% right about the build. Himachi Garv, Darby, he has a great character. MJF a star. Sammy a risk taker. <laughs> jungle Boy is Jungle Boy. Um, <laughs> I mean, what is a Jungle Boy really? You know what I'm saying? He's <laughs> right. a Hollywood kid. Like, right. I know he worked hard, but he's a Hollywood kid. And so a Hollywood kid who's pretending to be Tarzan, it's it's never really gotten there. But I think a Hollywood kid just acting like a Hollywood kid create some depth to his character, then when he becomes a good guy, people will have something to cheer for. But right now we're cheering for him because he's good looking. That's the main reason. And you know what? That is a great gimmick that he could play. Is that spoiled Hollywood, you know, has it all. He's grown up with the lifestyle. But anyway, that's not what he's doing. Finally, main event time. Black Bull Combat Club defeated the elite. Can't wait to hear you try to break this down. I'm here. I'm not even going to (laughs) try. I'm not even going to try. We can go back and forth, but this had all sorts of crazy stuff. Pile drivers and trucks, thumbtacks in the mouth, and then super kicks. I mean, it it was at one point, John Moxie was electrocuted. Like there was a super kick, and, you know, a spark went off. Uh, Just. Insane, crazy stuff. Uh, wild, insane. Uh, everything that it was advertised to be. And at the end, uh, Takeshita came out, turned heel, aligned with the Blackpool Combat Club, and Kenny Omega was pinned, took the loss, and 
That was it. Yeah, by uh, Willer Yuta. Jesus Christ. By Willer Yuta. <laughs> Willer Yuta pinned Kenny Omega to. What world end the do victory. I live I think Wheeler came off great in this match. I think, you know, as opposed to that match where they just have him bleed for an hour, I think this was a match where he kind of showed he belonged. You know, I thought he was really good. Um, I thought uh, the match itself, are we talk, I'm talking about the match now. Uh, yeah, there was plenty in it. Um, I think we had enough. I think, um, Matt, uh, was it Nick Jackson or Matt Jackson? Nick Jackson, who stomped on the, it was Matt Jackson, right? Who stomped on the tacks. And he had the mm-hmm. tacks in the bottom of his feet and had to walk around the rest of his match like that. Yeah, they took off his boot and his sock and he was barefoot and they landed him on the thumbtacks. After the exploding super kick. That's the right. The exploding That's super right. kick was great. <laughs> I popped for it. <laughs> I was not expecting it. I popped. Call me a mark. I loved it. Just insane stuff. Um I don't know. I, I thought it was, if you like this kind of stuff, you know, this, this stuff isn't my necessarily my cup of tea, but I thought it was entertaining. Um, yeah. I, it's not something I'd pay for normally, but it was a crazy match and it was a lot of fun. And if uh, we're being fair, it does require a lot of coordination and planning to not be a complete cluster. There was a lot mm-hmm. of moments that you, you could tell were well, well planned out and mm-hmm. required a lot of ducking and, and moving and being in certain spots and working together and a lot of planning out. Not necessarily my thing, but you have to give credit for it not just being just the worst thing ever and it being something that people look back on and say, hey, it was pretty fun. Yeah. Well, it was 100% my thing. I have ADHD. <laughs> I grew up in Puerto Rico. I'm into that hardcore stuff, baby. Give it to me. Make it bleed. Give me all of that. I loved it. Um uh, the exploding super kick, we talked about that. The thumbtacks on the barefoot was insane. And right. so was the uppercut with the thumbtacks in his mouth. Like, that was wild. Huge missed opportunity on that pickup truck. Like, take off through the strip. Figure out a way to, like, Ooh. show them fighting throughout the entire strip and then come back in. Like, they're, they're at least go in front of the Bellagio Fountains and have somebody beat somebody up in there. Like, I don't know. But I, I once they were outside, I was like, are they going to do it? Because that would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Do it like Roddy Piper and Goldust where you pre-tape, <laughs> yes. like, half the match where they're fighting yes. on the strip. Like, even if it's just a couple, of, like, segments here or there, like you said, yeah. pre-tape, and they're, like, fighting yeah, throughout Bellagio the strip. Fountain and <laughs> yes, there's there's so many like iconic the, the volcano in front of the mirage. Like there's so many iconic places in Vegas. But hey, I'm not gonna nitpick on that. But when I saw them get in the back of a truck, I was like, oh my god, they're gonna go crazy here. Um, there was a visual of Brian just beating up. I think it was Nick Jackson, and his knuckles were so bloody. I sorry, I'm I'm a sick person. I loved it. I thought that was it. Gave me like because you. They, they made that visual last year with Eddie Kingston coming down with the gasket, like looking all crazy. You know, every anarchy in the arena match is building up to something crazy. But there was a lot of non-selling here. I am not a fan of Willard Yuta pinning Kenny Omega. Sorry, not sorry. I thought that whole thing was BS. Uh, he could have pinned Nick Jackson. I don't know. Pin the one that, that has a broken foot. I don't care. Not Kenny Omega. But I I had a blast watching this. I love that I couldn't keep up. I could have done without uh, the band and the weird mask. Oh, God. The band was going on I, for like I, hey, shout out to the, 15 to the, minutes. At least he got the same super lyric kick. over and over. At least, at least he got super kick for wearing that horrible mask. So I have a really that. great joke about the Young Bucks being the ones to super kick him, but I'm not going to use it. Okay? I'm but, not going to use it. Oh, come on. You don't do that here. You can't I'm just start. saying, you know, it's, it's no surprise. That's all I'm going to say. Like, 
there, there was a while ago, the Young Bucks put out a tweet about someone wearing a mask that they wanted to punch in the face. And a few years later, they got to do it. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I'm talking about, Raj? No, I don't. There's a famous tweet by them saying, I saw a guy in, Ob- in, a, in an Obama mask and I wanted to punch him in the face. Whoa, and, really? Yeah, it was a long time ago. So the joke was, I'm not surprised it wasn't, it was the, the Young Bucks who did that. But yeah. that's why I didn't use it. That's why I would never say anything like that. I would never nice. say anything like that. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> but we did have the musician, as we mentioned earlier, who looked like they were wearing, uh, they were singing the same line from Wild Thing for about 15 minutes straight. And he um, sounded horrible. Like, I, I, I was at that. I don't know. I keep on confusing all links and all out. But the one where they brought the guitar player for Judas and he like completely botched that entrance. Uh, mm. I, I was having PTSD from He sounded horrible. I had so much more fun last year when they just have it playing over the speakers. I think musically, if they could have a band that um, would be able to stretch it out and not necessarily repeat it over and over again. You know what I'm right. saying? Repeating the song over and over again. There are bands that could like jam it out. You know what I'm saying? Right. And mm-hmm. and have solos and breakdowns and you know have a drum solo, have a little bass solo, put it all back together. I think that could totally uh, that would have worked a lot better. And also, I'm glad the music ended at some point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It did last year as well. I, I, it did last year as well. At some point during the Anarchy in the Arena, they they stopped playing the song, but it yeah. played for a good 15 minutes. Yeah, there there has to be a point. At first, where... I thought it was cool. Like mm-hmm. at first, it was like a different vibe. So I was like, ah, this is kind of neat. But then it's the same line. It's just wild thing. You know, there's not much to that song. And uh, and then 10 minutes later, you're like, okay, now we should probably cut this off. Yeah, it it, it was uh, uh, it was interesting last year. And it was kind of this, last year it was like, what the hell is going on? Like, it was so cool. And then uh, this year it stopped at the perfect time because I don't know if you noticed, when they super kicked him, that was the time that song should end. And then the band just went away and it was, a perfect yeah. moment and you could tell like they spent a lot of time putting that match together and putting together all those little moments mm-hmm. yeah that was a little goofy that they kept playing after their lead singer got super kicked. <laughs> but yeah anyway uh overall uh, overall grade scale of one to ten um isa what do you think of this pay-per-view one to ten? Oh, uh six okay matt yeah i think six is fair i think six minus you know um, on on an elite wrestling 5. scale, 5. yeah, it's probably like a three <laughs> on an elite wrestling scale, and you know, I really do think it is something that elite wrestling should look at as maybe it's time to change up some of the way we do a few things. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I I I think six is completely fair. Overall, I thought this was the weakest pay per view that they've done. I. I did think uh, Revolution with the exploding match because it had such a bad ending was probably the worst pay-per-view because of that ending, but the rest of the show up until then was good. Whereas this one I thought was mostly a miss, but you know, the two matches really delivered. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think it turned around uh, it as it, it needed to, and it did. And now it's not like this total disaster of a pay-per-view. Right. Yeah. But I, 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 I went into it thinking, Oh, it's a two match. Uh, you know, card with one that I was curious about. I will say I was curious about Adam Cole and Jericho. That was a complete letdown, but the other two matches I thought delivered. Yeah, that was, again, I thought the worst match of the show, and you never see that with Adam Cole. The names involved and calling it the worst match in the card, like it's crazy to me. And and I I was curious because I thought that, well, 
Roddy and Jericho put on a great full counts everywhere match. So I'm thinking, oh my God, on sanction with Adam Cole, it's going to be crazy. No, they just wrestled. <laughs> oh, jokes aside, it just didn't click. You know, mm-hmm. it just didn't click. You know, maybe on a different night it could have. So uh, there you have it. That does it for tonight. Uh, real quick, Isa, do you have anything you'd like to plug? NYC Dimandiva on YouTube. Go find me. We just hit 20,000 uh, subscribers nice. over there. So uh, you guys can find me here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And also on Lucha Libre Online, where you can see all my interviews with all of the wrestlers from everywhere, basically. Uh, I'm Matt Coon. I'm at Matt Coon Music on Twitter. And you can find me on Wrestling Friends every week on uh, all your podcast platforms and on YouTube as well, where I have a lot of followers too, but they're all taxes and I just stole them. (laughs) (laughs) And you know me, so I'm on the Thursday Wrestling Podcast with Jack Farmer, who's at Double or Nothing tonight. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We appreciate it. Make sure to check us out. Tomorrow night, again, after Monday Night Raw, will be Jack Farmer, referee extraordinaire Jimmy Corderas, and Justin Labar. And please like, subscribe, leave a comment. It really does help us out, that YouTube algorithm. It takes all that into account, so we really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great night, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.